Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. This is the match review. Newcastle drew 1-1 against Spurs in controversial circumstances. A last minute penalty awarded via VAR sealed the point. We'll hear from Lee Ryder, Kieran Kelly and Josie Mourinho on this game on the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hello, Andrew Musgrove here, and what an entertaining Sunday it was, especially in those last few minutes. Otherwise, for Newcastle United fans, it was a pretty grim watch as Newcastle took on Spurs, but they came away with a point, an undeserved point, to say the very least. Newcastle were not good at all. They had no shots on target until Callum Wilson's penalty deep into stoppage time, around 95 minutes. It was a controversial handball decision, Andy Carroll heading down onto the arm, of Eric Dyer, there was a VAR check, it took several minutes, then there was the monitor check, and eventually the referee awarded the penalty, much to the dismay of Jose Mourinho, who stormed down the tunnel before Wilson put the ball past Lloris in the Spurs net. Newcastle were shocking, they weren't very good at all, but a point is a point, and it is the first time Newcastle have gone unbeaten in their opening two away games in the Premier League since the 2011-12 season, so if you want to clutch at straws for some positivity, there's a little fact for you. We're going to hear from Lee Ryder, who was down at the stadium taking in that game. We'll also hear from Kieran Kelly and Spurs boss Jose Mourinho as he avoided questions directly on the VAR decision. Still, there were some interesting takes from his press conference. First off, we'll hear from Lee Ryder. Well, a little bit more time to reflect on that. and I've still got a very similar feeling to when I was walking out of the ground, uh, which is just utter disbelief that Newcastle got anything out of that game um, you know let's be honest they didn't deserve it but you know that's that's not what the game is you don't always get what you deserve in it it sometimes works in your favour uh, there's been plenty of times when Newcastle have played fantastically and been denied by bad decision um, but look if you stick to the letter of the law if that was a penalty and Newcastle kept the cool to take it and they've got a point out of the game. Now you can talk all you want about the tactics and how negative they were, but for Steve Bruce, speaking to him after the game and asking him to explain a little bit more about it, he was basically saying his game plan was to stay in the match for as long as possible. Um, regardless of the possession and how many chances Spurs had, it, it counts for nothing. If if at 1-0 you're, you're still in the game and you get an opportunity later on, you're in with a chance of getting a point. So, well, I think it's uh, it's one we'll gladly accept, I think, in terms of the fan base. But looking at it, you know, any neutral looking at it will we'll just think, you know, if it was a boxing match, it would have been stopped in the second or third round it was like that one of them so 
that's a good point and uh, moves Newcastle on to four points from three games and uh, that, that is a it's a reasonable return given the, the start that they had. I mean you can go right through the team and analyse the, the player ratings which, which I have done that's also available to to have a look at. Um, but obviously Carl Darlow, standout performer, 10 out of 10, kept Newcastle in the game. Save after save. You know, I don't think there's many English goalkeepers have put in a performance of that ilk in recent years. One statistic that's flying around is that he's the first goalkeeper to make 10 saves in a game. Um, it, was a, it was a little bit like, from a Newcastle United point of view, it was a little bit like Tim Krull's performance a number of years ago. Um, obviously, they won on that day, but they won because of him, and today they got a point because of Darlow. So, you know, full marks for him. Um, other decent performances. Well, there wasn't there wasn't too many, if I'm being honest. Uh, well, I actually thought Joe Linton did very well. Uh, and I know it won't be a popular opinion, but at the end of the day, he was put in a certain position, asked to do a certain job, and he done that. And he carried out. He's seen it through. Ended up winning the free kick that led to the penalty, which led to the equaliser. So. You know, you can't fault him for his, his effort, and um, yeah, you know, putting all things aside, if, if Newcastle can emerge before this next international break with a place in the quarterfinals of the League Cup and seven points from 12, which they'll be on if they Burnley next Saturday night, and that's not, you know, they'll have to do well in that game, but it's not the most daunting game, really. And I think that's been a, an exceptional start. Um, and when you think about criticism Steve Bruce has had, then you know that that's, that kind of goes out the window. If you if you're on seven points out of twelve and you're in the quarterfinals of the League Cup, regardless of the criticism, in terms of results, you've delivered. Now the Brighton game was terrible. You admitted he got it wrong, but. You know, you can't, the manager can't be in trouble if he's picking up seven, eight points out of every 12 points that come along and he's doing well in the cup. You can't be in, in, in trouble of losing your job if you are delivering results like that. So I'm sure he'd be constantly scrutinised, but I think he's done, had a, he will have had a more than respectable start to the season if they can get something out of the next two games before that national. So there we have Lee Ryder heading back on the train from the Spurs game. And some interesting points there. And it'll be interesting to get your uh, view on what Lee had to say. They're basically saying, you know, if Newcastle are on seven points out of 12 in the quarterfinals of the League Cup, does the criticism go out the window for Steve Bruce? A lot of fans on social media, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening to this episode will will argue that actually, you know, the performances have been that poor that it, it's going to take a lot to forget just how poor they've been. And I think Steve Bruce, I think everyone is well aware that improvement is needed. They were not good against Spurs and they're going to have to improve against Newport. They're going to have to improve against Berlin improve as they go on. But interesting there to hear Lee's take. We'll now hear from Jose Mourinho as he was asked about the uh, VAR decision. My team did a fantastic match. I cannot ask more from from the players. The goalkeeper was phenomenal. Uh, I cannot ask more from my players. We kept them away from 
the special box and uh, you couldn't do more than what you did. I think the team played very, very well. It was a very complete uh, match, defensively, offensively, uh, no problems defensively. We create uh, lots of chances, uh, really, really good. I'm very, very happy with the, with the performance. So just a quick note, we're now over on YouTube at the Everything is Black and White podcast. And if you're liking what you're hearing, why not come and see what we're producing? We'd really like you to hit subscribe. We're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook. We'd really like the likes, the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support, we can't get very far. So thanks very much for listening. There you have the views of Jose Mourinho. Clearly not happy at what happened in the dire moments of that game, but not wanting to directly answer questions on the incident, uh, kind of skirting round the issue. But if you watch the full interview, you can see that it does start to shine through. After the clip that you heard, he was asked once again, what were your thoughts on the VAR decision? And he just said, I don't want to comment. You want to kind of concentrate on the positive side of his team. And they were very good, weren't they? They should have been four or five up at halftime, as we've previously mentioned. Um, but he's clearly not happy. The fact he stormed down the tunnel before the penalty was taken he's not happy like a lot of other managers in the Premier League a lot of other players Roy Hutchinson's not happy even Steve Bruce said it's ruining the spectacle you know this new handball rule interestingly though for those who were watching the the punditry on Sky Sports after the game you know Graham Souness made a point that this is the rule they know the players have been told about the managers have been told about they've been warned that this is what's going to happen if the ball strikes your hand in the box it's likely going to be a penalty these are the new rules and whether we agree with them or not is another matter. Whether we like them or not is another matter. But the players and the manager know that this is now the case. So I guess that's another element to the debate. But clearly Mourinho, even like we say, Steve Bruce, not happy. And if it was the other way around, Newcastle United fans would be fuming. If that was their team getting penalised with just seconds to go, we'd be, we'd be very angry, wouldn't we? Um, here's the view now of our NUFC writer, Kieran Kelly. Now joined by Kieran Kelly and Kieran... Newcastle snatch a point right at the end, but in controversial circumstances. Just give me your reaction to what you were thinking when, you know, Carroll appeals for the penalty and it was about the second or third uh, appeal he'd made, I think, since he'd come on. And then obviously the the Spurs go up, don't they? They attack and here nothing gets booked for a tackle. And then it goes back to VAR and it's just a bizarre few minutes until the penalty's given and then Callum Wilson puts it away. What were you thinking as that was going on? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm still trying to get my head around it, to be honest. I think when you start to see the yellow lines being drawn, you're thinking, hang on, there could be something in this. And um, that's when you start thinking, bloody hell. Because, I mean, there's so many VR calls in the games nowadays that if you got carried away with each one, um, you'd use so much emotional energy. So I think we, I was just intrigued to see because you, you could see a lot of time Newcastle were appealing for handballs left right and center in the second hand in particular because it was so rare really that they got forward um anytime the ball was in the box you could hear a shout go up if uh, it, it was blocked and i mean it, I, you talk about the the everton of the chelsea games being smash and grab i think this is right up there as well i mean spurs uh you know even in the first nine minutes could have been three nil up at halftime they could have been four nil up um, and it's ironic. I think Mourinho's kind of made his name as being one of those managers who soaks up pressure and gets the result ultimately. And it's kind of happened to him, <laughs> the shoe being on the other foot. And 
for me though um I had a strange feeling at the end of the game I mean I, I kind of just felt Newcastle got out of jail and it wasn't necessarily anything to be kind of proud of I thought there it was a very underwhelming performance I thought after the Brighton game a lot of the issues uh, in that game we saw again they, they really struggled to create going forward I mean Spurs are brilliant going forward but at the back in my opinion they were there to be got out more and defensively, that's what worried me as well. I, I thought Newcastle just, you compare it to when they played them a year ago in the same game and they pressed and it just, they were just so passive for kind of the first 50, 55 minutes. They didn't improve a bit, it didn't take much. But for me, I just, yeah, I just had a, a strange feeling after the game. I, I think Bruce has rightly gone about the right way after the game saying, you know, they got away with one. I think all the fans know that. Um, and really I know they kind of relied on that never say die spirit a lot last season but I think we just need to see more from them this season in terms of um, you know not letting games kind of get away so quickly as it did at times today Do you think that he got the system wrong? I felt when Carroll came on the kind of approach and I'm not sure that Steve Bruce will admit that this maybe was approached, but to me, before Carl came on, it seemed like the approach was just hoof it forward and hope that, you know, Wilson can get onto the end of something. Carroll comes on and it just looked, it looked better because Carroll's up there. He's got that aerial presence and we all know what he can do when he yeah. is in the air. Do you think Bruce got the setup wrong today or do you think he was right about, you know, the way he set up with, you know, five across the back here as a makeshift centre-back? the system I would have gone for it, to be honest I think um, it, it didn't come as a surprise anytime they play one of the top six they tend to go back to a back five and um, I think for me as I said it's one thing kind of playing that system it's another actually kind of getting the game plan right and I, I just felt as I said compared to the corresponding fixture there just wasn't that same intensity and Newcastle just dropped so deep even from the first 10 minutes and if it wasn't for Car Darlow which I'm sure has been touched on already uh, it would have been so much worse you know the saves he made he made about four brilliant saves and then Son of course hit the woodwork twice so you add those up and you know it's clear that as much going forward they struggled to create at the back they just weren't weren't right either because Spurs as good as they are shouldn't have got in that much in my opinion if you're going to drop deep you should have that last line to deal with those kind of opportunities and I think the point about Carroll I kind of see Carroll as that is probably a, his best you know <laughs> everyone knows about him opposition managers but throwing him on with 10 minutes 20 minutes to go he just causes problems and I think that's why he's so useful for them and in my opinion, sometimes he can be more useful in that kind of fashion than maybe from the start always. And I think it was the right call to bring Almiron in today. He didn't maybe have the the best game, um, but all the outfield players, I'm not sure who really did. Joe Linton was okay, but you know, you're kind of scrambling around a bit for the attacking players because they just had a little to feed off. But I think bringing Almiron in, you know, he deserved a league start. And I think going with five at the back, had they gone with a four four at the back and played a four four two, I, I just think it could have been even more ugly. So <laughs> that's quite a statement. <laughs> it was. But I suppose the important point is, and you touch on this on uh, your analysis, which will go out on our website on Monday morning, is that you know the point can't mask what was 
you know, a poor performance and the issue of creativity and, you know, it was 180 minutes. Um, yeah. the, the, the penalty, you know, was a shot on target, but that was the first for 180 minutes where you, and you're just thinking that's, that's not good enough um, for a team which wants to be comfortable in mid-table. They want to be looking for the top 10. Yeah. If you're, you know, they were so close to finishing that game without a shot on target. The second Premier League game in a row, mm. just utterly bizarre and, it's you know you get the point happy with the point it's not deserved and it can't mask what was a poor performance yeah this thing i mean you you spend 20 million on wilson and you kind of feel for the guy because it you know it's kind of like what joe linton was going through at times you know just there was nothing going near him and there'd be these like half glimpses where you know say shelby got the pass right he might have had half a chance but you're just grasping all the time at these really tiny details really and I just think that's something they have to they address going forward obviously Sam Maxman wasn't there today we know what he can do and to be honest and you know he had, he didn't look 100% against Brighton so I think just getting him back 100% is the key really you know he can change the whole dimension of the team as we know um, they're, they're taking the right approach with Fraser you know not to rush him in that's going to pay off we know what he can do but for me, yeah, it's it's it was a weird one because even though they didn't offer much going forward, they Darlow just had too much work to do. And I think if you get one right, at least it covers your back. So if you're strong defensively, you can grind out a nil-nil. But today it was just both ends and similar against Brighton as well. And that's the kind of fear going into the next game is just can they get that cohesion and I get that you have new players coming in but it's kind of some of the signs that we saw at times last season in some of those tough games they they just have to you have to feel that after you know Bruce has been there 14-15 months now that you feel that there's kind of a a real stamp and identity to them and there certainly isn't the spirit but kind of just in the, the way they play I, I think we need to just see more going forward because you mentioned Wilson there, and he did look at times frustrated, and he, he was isolated. I thought until Carroll actually came onto the pitch. And we look back at the players who have been okay in that scenario, and you go back to Rondon, who is a totally different player to Callum Wilson, a totally different player to Joe Linton, and yet the system's kind of a little bit similar, or at least it is against the bigger teams. And today, I, I just sat there thinking, if this continues you know, Wilson being isolated in, in further games, it's not going to be too long before he gets a bit frustrated because he's only as good as the service. You know, you put him one-on-one, you, yeah, yeah, you bet your house that he's probably going to score, but you can only make that bet if the if the cross comes in or the pass comes in. And really, the only option, he, the only chance he had today was, um, and I think you, you mentioned just prior there, was that kind of, that Shelby pass just before Spurs scored, which if it had come off, it would have been a lovely goal. But other than that moment, I can't really think of a, a chance off the top of my head which he had until until the penalty, which again is is worrying. Yeah, and I mean even the Brighton game, obviously he had that one header that he put over the bar, but again that's just one chance. You know, I I think he's got a great ratio, but just to kind of expect him to only have one chance in games, particularly against those teams in around Newcastle going forward, that's not sustainable. I think he, the thing with him, you know, is if he gets, say, two or three chances, he will put one away. And, and that's the, the real good thing for Newcastle going forward. They have someone up front like that. But 
just like Joe Linton, he does still need some kind of service. He, he can't just do it on his own. So he really just has to find the system and the game plan and kind of felt the first game of the season that they were onto something. But I, since then, that just feels a little bit of a red herring that what is sustainable going forward? You know, are they going to go back to 4 2 3 1? Does it really matter? You know, what's what what's the instructions? And I think that's that they're still figuring out almost. I think um at one hand I completely agree with the horses for courses approach or you know, you when you play Spurs you have to use certain players in a certain system, but we just need to see kind of a a game plan and set up going forward that can give Newcastle a real chance of going for the top ten because that's what what they're aiming for otherwise you're just kind of picking up points here and there I don't think anyone wants that season just to finish off then final question back to the good old VAR does the rule on handball have to change in your opinion <laughs> and everyone is uh, irate about it Roy Hodgson Jose Mourinho although he didn't speak about it the fact he stormed down the tunnel before the penalty was taken suggests he's a little bit angry at it um, does the does the rule need to change is it is it destroying footballers so I think Lukaku put it is it it's a joke yeah it's funny I thought that the events at the Manchester United Brighton game were going to be like the, the headline for this weekend but this was yeah I I, I mean it was funny the, the Chelsea Palace game um, I think there was a moment before Abraham's equaliser where Havertz was offside as he knocked it on but the rule had been changed that because it wasn't the last action or Oh, whatever it didn't matter it, it's clear they can make those tweaks to the rules and I think it'd be a huge surprise just based on this weekend if they don't I think it, if I was a Spurs fan I'd feel so hard done by admittedly they should have killed the game off that's their own fault but uh, yeah as I said I'm encouraged that <laughs> Bruce recognised that they, they got away with one for sure just a quick note we're now over on YouTube at the Everything Is Black and White podcast and if you're liking what you're hearing why not come and see what we're producing we'd really like you to hit subscribe we're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook we'd really like the likes the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support we can't get very far so thank you very much for listening